Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. Today, I'm letting you in on a little conversation that I had with my good friend, Amanda Muse. So Amanda is a YouTuber. She is a creator, an entrepreneur, and just a light online. Amanda and I met through this online space and used to spend a lot of time together at events and work stuff. And then COVID happened and we kind of lost touch. Personally, I am terrible at keeping in touch with people. It is something that I'm consciously working on, but I think the older I get, the more introverted and to myself I become. And during the last few years, when there hasn't been events or things that have forced me to get out and stay connected, I've really just been at home and with my family and kind of just doing my thing. And it's easy to get caught up in that habit. So this conversation made me realize just how much I miss so many of my girlfriends and socializing and how I need to make more of an effort to get out there and stay in touch even when life is crazy or throws us a curveball like COVID. In this conversation, Amanda and I dive into so many things. We talk about what happened when her husband was laid off because of COVID, how COVID has affected our mental health. We talk about our experience with anxiety and weight gain in our 30s sharing our life online, boundaries, couples therapy, her transition to becoming the breadwinner of her home, and so much more. It was just such a great conversation about life and marriage and work, and I'm pumped to share it with you. Now be sure to check out Amanda Muse on Instagram, and we would love to connect with you after the episode. So take a screenshot, share it out on Instagram, tag us, DM us, tell us what resonated with you, The best conversations are the ones that happen after we stop recording. And if you are loving the podcast and haven't already, do me a solid, head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. I read every single one. And these shares and reviews really help us keep this whole thing going. Love you guys. Let's dive in. Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. I miss you. Oh, I know I miss you too. I just like, I literally feel like seeing your face. I said, oh yeah, I I need Amanda in my life. (laughs) I really need some, I can't believe how long it's been. I know. Like the last trip, I feel like, I don't even know when that was, you know, like, like I went on a, I did something yesterday. I went into Toronto and I was like, oh yeah, this is, we're not just islands. Like, there is this community thing that I miss so much. So yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So actually, you know before we dive in, for those who maybe aren't familiar, give us a quick lowdown on who you are, what you got going on, and then it'll probably make sense, all the things that we start talking about. 
Just so my people know what's up. Absolutely. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I have, I feel like I've been on this podcast, but it was a long time ago. So I am a YouTuber primarily. That's how I started out. I'm celebrating my 10 years of doing this, I think. Yeah. 10 years. So I have two kids. I'm a mom of two. My daughter is 10. My son is eight, or he will be eight in like two weeks or something. And right now I am the primary earner because my husband is an Air Canada pilot who's been furloughed for what feels like a hundred years. So there's been like, what's furloughed mean? Furlough means he still has a job, still has an Air Canada number. There just isn't a position for him right now. So he's like, waiting. So essentially he's unemployed with a guaranteed job, you know, when they can take him back. So it's been an interesting shift and I know we're going to talk about that. So we'll, I'll hold on that. But I also, you know, I host a podcast called Friendo and we have a small business where we sell candles and I'm very much an influencer, a content creator, and I, I love what I do. I feel like it's the most fun. Yeah. Are you, so you're still like, I, you said 10 years making YouTube videos and I instantly felt heavy in my chest because sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know how much more I have to say. I always have stuff to say, but it can be overwhelming just like the constant creation, constantly creating content and showing up online. Do you ever feel that? Okay, this is interesting because I feel like I just had a conversation with someone yesterday or the day before about this this concept of creating content. And I think this is where how my start, my origin story helps me continue creating because when I started on YouTube, like it wasn't like you had a community. You didn't think about it that way. You were just sharing. I hardly knew how to edit. There wasn't a schedule, an upload schedule. I, I had to ex explain what subscribe meant, you know? So when you're coming at it from like, this is just a fun, joyful thing. And of course, at the time I was living in Malaysia and having babies and it was all very exciting and new. It's like you come from this place where you just genuinely enjoy it. That has ebbed and flowed over the years where, yes, yeah, sometimes it's a real struggle to continue to show up. But I know that like my passion of connecting with people, that hasn't wavered. And so I feel like that helps me keep going. But yeah, when you look back, you're like 10 years of content. Damn. It's like, oh, that's a lot of freaking YouTube videos. Wow. It is a lot of a lot of minutes of me going on about stuff. So yeah. And it's you had a milestone, a YouTube milestone a few months ago. I did. I mean it felt it took a long time, but I, I hit a hundred thousand followers on YouTube, which for some, easygoing, but I am so proud of myself. That took a long time. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. So the other day, well, we've been talking about my podcast on our team and stuff and growing and all the things. And we're almost at a million downloads. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like almost at a million downloads. Like that is just crazy. And then the next minute I'm on Instagram and I see, I think it was Lori Harder, right? So she has, so she's like this huge you know, thought leader, personal development, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, I just got a notification from my team that we hit 1.6 million downloads this month. And I'm like, this month? I'm like, holy crap. And it is really interesting because you can get caught up in that, right? So even when you said, like, I heard you say 100,000 YouTube subscribers, when you got that, I was like, whoa, like, congratulations, that is so big. And then you had to say, that's not big for everyone though, right? And we almost like do that to ourselves. 
right? And like kind of minimize those big things. Like I'm pretty sure I wept. Like I have the plaque sitting right here. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, every 10-year-old that walks through my house, because there's a few of them, you know, they're like, is that a YouTube play button? I'm like, damn straight it is. Yeah. I earned it. You know what I mean? Like some people don't know what it is. And it's, you're right. That comparison thing is brutal because that is the constant struggle of a creator. I feel that almost as bad as I felt when I first started. That constant like, am I good enough? Am I worthy of being here? Let's just say that conversation comes up a ton in therapy because it's you're self-motivated when we're, when you're doing this kind of thing. You know, you eventually get to a point where you have a team and they can help support you. But really, like when it's your name on that platform, like you have to find ways to show up and cheer yourself on. It's true. Yeah. And it's really interesting, like the team piece, right? Because you first start and you're super interested in doing it and motivated and you're doing it on your own. You're just pumped, right? Like, and creative. And in your mind, you're like, I just want to have a team, someone to help me out with things and someone to, you know, take these little things that are knowing off my plate so I can just do what only I can do. And when you have a personal brand, and this is something that I've really struggled with because the way I speak to a stepmom is the way I speak to a stepmom. The way, like I have a style it, and it's very hard to let go of what is yours. Like, you know, when you have a personal brand, it's your baby. It is your business. It, you, you just created it from nothing. And that's what I think is really cool, but it is really hard. So have you felt that? Oh God, yeah. I mean, so in the last two years, my husband and I have really begun working together because with him being laid off, we started a little side business, which has developed to be much more than a little side business. But I truly feel that the only reason it succeeded is because I stepped back because my own insecurities of like, no, it's too soon. No, I don't have enough followers. No, no, no. Dean's like, listen, (laughs) your knee jerk is no, because you have this perfectionist tendency. So why don't you just step off and let me try and let's see what happens. And honestly, it's been like magic. It's still a pain to work together because that's not what we are. That's not how we excel. But his his success has been incredible. And literally, I just promote it. I, I pop in with some like marketing elements because that's where I'm good. But he's the creator and he puts it together and he has this vision. And I find that you can be a roadblock at some times, you know? And so I really have to, like you're saying, let go. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that I have this community that we can tap into. But if I'm not actually tapping into it, like, you know? <laughs> totally. I totally know. And I think it's really interesting and really admirable of you guys. Because if you think about this at the very beginning of the pandemic, you're actually, yeah, let's back up for a second. COVID hits. You were doing you like you were providing. You were you guys were a team. You're you're you were making great money, like you're doing your thing. But you started this YouTube channel because you were bored in Malaysia right? Like this was not a, this was not a, this is what I want to be when I grow up. This is, you started this out of a hobby, right? And you always had Dean's income to like, that was just a consistent thing. COVID hits. Tell me what that was like, because yeah, I can't. It was, it was a journey. So, all right. You're exactly right. You nailed it. So Dean being a pilot I don't know. Most people would think pilots, firemen, policemen, they're just jobs that don't go anywhere, right? So we've lived overseas. We've done some really interesting stuff. And I find when you do have that tendency to be able to live in different places, it's hard to actually stay in one place. So it's always been a conversation about us potentially leaving Canada and potentially going back overseas. 
but we finally made a decision. I'm doing well in my career. There's a lot of opportunity in Canada. Let's stay. So he goes and applies at the big airline giant. He's literally the last of the pilots hired and then COVID hit. So he was in training. I remember March 13th, everything shut down. They finished his training so he could wrap it up so he'd be ready to rock when they do callbacks. God help us, two years later. So as that's happening, I'm seeing the writing on the wall and I'm like, what, what am I going to do here? So I just went into full creator, like kicked it up a, a notch. I started vlogging every single day. Like I would put up a video once a week of that experience from the week, like a week in the life. Let's, let's connect. Cause what do I, what do I do? I connect with people and this is a really chaotic time. How can I help? Maybe I can be that friend, you know, a little bit of a light in the dark as people are going through all of this uncertainty. So I started to share my life even more. At that time, I ended up having a little moment where some of my videos were going viral. So I'm riding that wave of the success of that. And then there's this like, I need to keep this up. Thankfully, in this industry, because of what we do, it it wavered a little bit in terms of making income from it because I think brands in the world, like we didn't know what was happening there for about three months. Then it went back to normal. So thankfully, I was able to continue to make money and support the family. But that dynamic of our marriage was a real shift because it went from, you know, not that we have typical gender roles, I would say, in our hetero dynamic relationship, but there is an, an element of like, Dean was the breadwinner and Amanda made some nice coin, but it was like fun money, right? And then this switch, and then he's home. 24-7. And we've always had lots of time and space to exist independently as him being a pilot and doing layovers. So that was an adjustment. Kids being home, huh, you know? And uh, yeah. And, and then that was just like, I feel like we're still in that, you know? Like we're still just existing and trying to figure this out day by day. And then we go through major ups and downs. I think so many relationships have experienced that. And what I did is rather than try to exist online like everything was hunky-dory, I'm like, I'm just going to do what I do best and share in a very genuine way and let people in. And I did. And there was a lot of tears and a lot of ups and downs, but I it's like cathartic that I had these amazing people. So that's a little bit of what it's been like. Yeah. It's just, it's still a lot of pressure though, right? I think you just glorified it a little bit in your response, Amanda. I think it's a lot of pressure on you. Like you're as good as your last brand deal, right? If you really think about other than like, you know, you get YouTube income and that kind of stuff, but like that is pressure. Like the entrepreneurship journey, like there's no, like you're getting a certain amount every single month and like, you just know what your salary is. Like it is a hustle every single day. And how have you showed up for your kids throughout this hard time that's been hard on everyone while still doing your best to, you know, nurture yourself and take care of yourself? Like, what has that process been like? It's better now. I find like this year, it's, I'm really making time for rest and fun and fun being like the key word. Like if you've been in my sphere of you know, the internet and what I do. I'm a very spontaneous, likes to live life, hella extroverted human. And so, you know, we're tobogganing right now. It's winter, right? So we're tobogganing, we're skating, we're road tripping it to see aunts and uncles. Like we're doing the maximum 
And it is tiring. And there's other parts of my life that are wavering. Like I'm not producing as much content. Let's just say like I was a year and a half ago. But, you know, otherwise I'm going to just, I can't fail at everything, you know? And so I feel that doing the best that I can in some areas is just going to be good enough right now. Now at the start, it was really hard. Like it was, I was just exhausted working around the clock. But what I would try to do is, you know, make our home the fun place. So like, I love playing video games. So I'll stop, drop and play some video games in the evenings or in the summer we have, you know, a pool in the backyard. So we're playing in the pool. So just trying to really simplify what those interactions look like. But I always say that like my greatest gift, and I still feel that, and I've always felt this is time. And I really try to make time, whether that's like snuggling in the bed, letting them co-sleep with me well beyond the years that they should be. That's what we're going to do because maybe I only have that 20 minutes before bed to interact and be playful, but I'm going to make that time for it. And I know we, you know, we were speaking before recording about mental health and stuff. And like, I don't, you know, you're talking about glorifying this experience. Like I had extreme panic that started to take over my life, like towards the end of 2020. And then most of 2021, it was really bad and like severe panic attacks, waking up in the night, I'm good for no one, you know? And so I think how I really improved myself to be better for my family is I started medication, like in conjunction with lifelong therapy that I've always done. I remember asking my doctor, I was like, so at what point does a person consider medication? Because I have my own stigma Mm -hmm. against it. And I was like, you know, why don't we do that? And she says, well, when your day-to-day life is impacted, and let me tell you, it was. And I started it. You're like, that was last year, actually. (laughs) Have you been listening? Yeah, that was last year, lady. Like, it was bad. Honestly, we know what it was wild. Like, we know so many of the same people. We have similar friends. I would go out with people that I've known for like a really long time and then come home and have like an eight-hour panic attack in the night. And I was like, that's not normal. I've always been a little nervous, like meeting new people or something. But these are people I know for like years. So that's when I really knew it was a problem. And I started taking medication. And honestly, it's been a total game changer. Like, I feel probably the best mentally I felt in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can speak to that too, because I went on medication. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say it's a couple of years ago, three years ago now. It was before, you know, it was before COVID because then when everyone was home during COVID, I just decided to start taking two. <laughs> like, didn't talk to my doctor about it. And I'm going to be like totally honest about this for now. And honestly, if you're listening to this, do not send me a message. This is not an open invitation for feedback about using alcohol as a coping mechanism because I'm well aware. I was thinking about wine at 11. I kid you not. When we thought everything was going to shut down, I was literally like, okay, so if it shuts down for 30 days, I'm going to need like 30 bottles. Like (laughs) I was like thinking, and it was a joke, but it was also not. Like I was also thinking about that all the time. And I was like, whoa, okay, this, and alcoholism runs in my family. So I was like, okay, this is not, this is not good. This is a little too much. (laughs) And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to up my medication. Because like you can't get an appointment and you had to do the Zoom thing. And I was Zoom called out because everyone was freaking home. And, uh, that was the best thing I've ever done. I did have to call my doctor and say, hi, so we have a problem. I'm going to need more. <laughs> like you had gone through your prescription. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Um, so she's like, oh, okay. So you just, you felt like that was the right choice. I'm like, 
100%. She's like, I, you know you. Like, you're, you're very, like, in tune with, like, what's going on. And I said, so I've, I've upped it, and now I'm out. So I'm going to need some more. But what's so interesting is now after being on medication, I didn't know that it wasn't normal to constantly feel this feeling in your chest and your stomach all the time. Like almost like you're in a rush and you can't get ahead. And like, it's always just tight, but shaking a little bit. Does that make sense? Oh my God, you nailed it. I remember a friend saying to me years ago, which I think like planted the seed. And she said she'd started anxiety medication. And she goes, I didn't know my baseline was so off whack. Like everybody else was kind of like coasting over here. Meanwhile, she's like vibrating at a frequency, you know, and then it it balanced out and she was like, holy crap. And when, when the medication finally eased out, because as a YouTuber, I documented this experience of beginning to end and all the things because so many people fear the unknown. And so I figured let's just take the unknown out of the equation, share what, what, what was that was like. But yeah, like I now notice when I have anxiety, where previously I think I was just a really high functioning, anxious person experiencing anxiety all the time. Sometimes I feel like my chest and I'm like, oh, that's anxiety. (laughs) Like rather than this is my permanent state of being. Yeah. So interesting. And I think it's really important to talk about this, right? Like, let's be very honest. People experience anxiety and it affects how they show up every single day. And there's no freaking shame in taking that white pill or taking two of those white pills every morning. It makes me a better wife and mom and stepmom and person, and I just show up better. So, and I do think, you know, that pandemic was this wake-up call in so many ways, and that could be a whole other podcast episode, but we had to hang out with ourselves, and we had to hang out with our families, and all of our triggers were just heightened, and all of our insecurities were heightened, and you're with your partner all the time, and it was like anything that you were trying to ignore was like, hey, lockdown, like you got to face your shit. And it, you know, I'm grateful for it. I am. I agree. I mean, there was many a conversation with my partner where I was like, we're not in a situation where I can allow myself to burn out anymore because previous to, you hear a ton of creators talk about burnout. It very much is real. And I was like, I can't, like, I now have to have a safety net in place because I don't work. We don't have a home. So that's not an option. And like you said before, like the, the reality of being a creator is you're only as good as your last gig. You're like a working actor, right? And there's a ton of working actors in this, in this space. So that's been tricky, but yeah, it wasn't an option. And I also feel really strongly like this toll that this pandemic has taken on mental health and relationships, like I'm not going to allow this chaos to be the, you know, the end of my marriage or the end of life as I love it to be. I feel like there's this constant conversation I'm having with myself, which is like, this isn't forever. Make some time for enjoyment because just like that comparative suffering thing, and this might not be the best description of it, but you know, you're allowed to feel suffering despite other people experiencing different degrees of suffering and and pain. And similarly, I'm allowed to feel joy despite things not being really good right now, you know, and allowing myself to enjoy reading a book before I go to bed or sipping a hot coffee while playing video games and not being like, Amanda, you should be doing other things. You should be working. Should, should, should. Screw it. Like I can't do everything perfectly. So I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna try, you know, I'm just gonna try to 
not just get through the day because I hate that kind of negative tone. It's like, I'm not just surviving. Like life is happening right now. And I feel that so much. Like I'm not waiting for the next chapter. I'm not waiting for this next thing. I'm like, no, I got to live right now. Nothing's guaranteed, man. Like life has shown me that. All right. So guys, I am always asked what platform I use to run my coaching program. So that's the Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life Coaching Program. My membership, the exclusive Stepmom community, my eBooks, just all of the resources that I have. And the answer is Kajabi. So Kajabi is an all-in-one platform where you can host your digital products, your membership sites, your courses, and it has features like email marketing and a blog and a website. You can take payment and basically anything that you need to do or use to run a digital platform. I just looked and I have been using Kajabi since 2019 and have not looked back. Before I was using it, I was using so many different programs to do this and to do that. And I was trying to keep it all organized and it was just too much. The best part of Kajabi though is their customer service. Guys, their support is amazing. I know I've told you this before, but I created this platform and built this platform by Googling and asking for help on help desks. You know that little square on the bottom of your screen that says, have a question, we're here to help? Yeah, those people are my best friends and my business coaches. Kajabi also has a library full of video tutorials that walk you through step-by-step everything that you need or want to do. And guys, like when I first started this platform, I had no idea how to do anything when it came to running anything online. And now I design my own websites, I run the back end, and the team at Kajabi and their resources have been a huge part in this process. So if you have a digital platform, a coaching business, or are thinking of starting one, I highly recommend Kajabi. Now I am an affiliate, so when you sign up using my link, I receive a small commission that helps support this podcast and all the free content that we share every week So if you want to check it out, it's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash Kajabi to get all the information. If you have any questions, reach out. I love talking shop. www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash K-A-J-A-B-I. So what does burnout look like for you? So when you know you're getting burnt out, what's that like? I hella, hella intense self-doubt. So I, I don't, I don't want, want, like, I don't want to show up online anymore and I don't know how, and I don't remember how, and you know, I, I just want to not be in my office. I find, I, I become very like into myself. So I stop reaching out to friends. I stop doing social things. It's like my light just dims and thankfully, you know, it, it doesn't seem intense to some people, but I feel like I I shine pretty bright in my day to day. Like I'm just, I I work out and I follow a really strong, what's the word I'm looking for? Like schedule. I'm like a really habitual person. And when I start going off track and just, just lounging and watching like hours of television or not texting people back, there's a problem, you know? And I thankfully have probably been so vocal about it in the past that people who really know me, like my dad and my husband and my mom and my sister will be like, what's going on, you know, and can kind of tell like red flag, Amanda's hella low, let's go have a coffee or let's, you know, whatever capacity we can see people. Right. And so just like last weekend, my sister was like, you should come and see me. You know, she lives just outside of Ottawa and it was just what my soul needed, like people and adventure and new visuals, you know? And so for me, that's the big thing. And 
because everything that I do for work is so driven by me and my lifestyle, when I experience that low note, like that low energy, I can't just go into autopilot like some folks can do in different types of work. Like it affects everything and there's big fallout. And then I worry about the next campaign and I worry about how I'm going to pay my bills, you know? So that's, that's burnout for me. Yeah, no, for sure. You telling me what your burnout looks like just kind of told me what mine <laughs> like for me I social isn't like a big thing for me like I can you know me we would go to conferences and I could for sure just stay in my room the whole time like I have to be forced to go out and interact I really do eh? I feel like you know cuz you, you know cuz intro- extroverts they love introverts cuz we just like we don't notice we collect, we can't have too many extroverts in a room it gets a bit much so I feel like, you know, introverts, you, you recharge solo, you know, and you're going to, but I could be your, like, your little battery that you take with you. I'm like, just plug into me. You're fine. Like, <laughs> I got you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, Man and I used to go to conferences together. So, we just, you know, there's content creator conferences. There's, you know, like the mom blogger conferences. There was, like, all this, like, networking and, like, some cool events we all used to go to together. And I think that was really great, too, because we all would get some inspiration and some connection and, you know, you just connects with like-minded people in those spaces, but we haven't been able to do that in so long. And, uh, but yeah, we used to go to these things and Amanda's like, ah, like in her bright yellow outfit, like just ready, like take on the conference. Like, let's go to all of the sessions and like all the dinners and all the things. And I'm just like in the fetal position in my bedroom, just being like, I am not sharing a room with anyone. Actually, you know, I think I shared a room with you once. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And then I never shared a room with anyone again. And that wasn't about you. That was just literally like, I always have my own room. When you know your boundaries, yeah. There's very few people I can share rooms with. And I think I've shared with you and Joanna and like, I'm good. Because you just, you need to know, like, how are you going to make it through this experience and knowing yourself, right? But you know, you nailed it with those conferences and those events. I think that's the thing I miss the most is that, that like just idea exchange. Because there are times in this industry where people can hold their cards really close And I think it's smart business to do that, but not all the time. Like there's a time and place where you can share and it benefits you to share. And I miss that. I miss that so much. I want to go back to anxiety meds for a second though, because you were talking online about anxiety meds and weight gain. And I would love to talk about your experience with that because I had a really interesting conversation with my doctor about weight gain and anxiety meds. And he basically told me like, you just need to eat less and start moving more, girl. Like this has nothing to do with your pills. But I was like, I swear. <laughs> like, no. Everything changed. Everything changed. It does. It did. Everyone was worried about libido. Oh yeah, my libido went down. I was like, I can handle that. I was fine though. It did go down, but I think I'm like a regular person now. Before my husband was like, Jay's woman. Like now at least we match. So that's good. Oh, see now I'm like probably less regular, but I'm not such a biatch. So like, you know, <laughs> it works so out. It's it fine. works out better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So that I wasn't so worried about, which I get for some people can be a real problem, but we have like strong communication in that area. So I didn't find that problematic. But the weight gain is forcing me to really reflect on why this is a problem for me right now. So I'd say, you know, over the last year, I've definitely, or, you know, pandemic life, it's gone up like 15 pounds, right? Yeah, I got a, I got 15 LBs on me. Yeah, exactly. And I noticed the way that I was talking to myself about it or about myself is surprising me. 
Because here you think, or here I think, that I've got this figured out. I'm a mom with a daughter. Like I know how to self-talk and I know about like body neutrality and all of this. Then I was sitting with my sister last weekend and I was talking about hair because, you know, I always have this restless hair energy. I got to like cut it, color it, you know. So I'm like, what's next, right? And I'm looking at my old pixie haircuts and I was like, oh, I'd love to do a pixie. And my sister used to be a hairstylist and I was like, yeah, but you know, I think my face is too full. And she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? Your face has not changed. Like, if you want a pixie, go get a damn pixie. Like, she looked at me like I, and I actually used the words like, do you have body dysmorphia? Like, what the heck is wrong with you? And I'm thinking, no one else can talk to me like a sister can talk to one person, right? And I was like, damn, what is going on, Amanda? Now I do the right things. Like I go and I buy the clothes that are a bit bigger so that they fit me appropriately and I have all the right stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I might need to do it again. You know, I think I need a new bra. Like all these things where it's, why am I bothered by it? My partner's not saying anything about it. My kids haven't noticed it. Nobody in my life has uttered anything. Well, he's still getting all the sex accordingly. (laughs) He's fine. (laughs) Yeah. There's just a little bit more to grab, right? It's like, there's no problem there. So what is the problem? And I'm, I'm, I don't really have an answer to this question that I'm posing myself right now. It's just, it's a fact of life. You know, I'm getting older. I find that there's just a lot of factors, like weight stays on a little more than it used to just easily trickle off. Like your doctor said, you got to eat less and move more. Well, is he wrong? No, he's, I don't think he is like, and he was saying, he goes, it's, he goes, you know, the pill doesn't make you gain weight. It makes you hungrier. And maybe that is the issue. He goes, but it, the pill doesn't make you gain weight. It is your actions that help have made you gain weight. I, and I was like, okay, you know what? I came here to feel a little bit better. I want you to tell me that it's harder to lose weight in your thirties, which it is like, but but then he said to me, he goes, there, there are really fit 30-year-olds, like women in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Like, it's not impossible. I'm like, so, thanks. I feel awesome. Thanks <laughs> so much. Can I have some more anxiety meds now? Because now I need to deal with this conversation. <laughs> no. But it's just, it's interesting. Right? But then you wonder, like, like before, I, I think about my life before, because we almost have like a before and after, right? Pandemic. You know, did I sit at my desk for six to eight hours a day? Nope. You know, I would sit down when required. You know, it wasn't like a mandatory, Amanda works a full-time job. So there's a huge shift. I actually stop and eat meals that are delicious because my husband loves to cook and like never skips the good ingredients where he was away a lot more before. And so I would be cooking very different meals for my kids and I, a little bit less portions, maybe they didn't taste as good, you know? So there is certainly like a lifestyle thing, which if you've seen my Instagram, like we renovated a bed, you know, a bedroom in our basement, which is our workout room. And I was doing so good, but then this time of year is always tricky, you know? And so it's like this little, you know, this little thing. And so I, what I'm trying to do is really question why I'm so worried about this weight thing. I, I was talking about it online recently and I said, you know, it's less about a comparison to others and more about a comparison to previous versions of myself. And I wonder if the nature of my work, having a decade of video visuals of myself, seeing my face at different times in my life going, damn, I was really lean back then. Or, you know, I looked so different. I was so tan. I had cute, you know, whatever. And then 
not stopping and then furthering that conversation going, yeah, but you were super stressed out at that point. Dean was never home. You were parenting toddlers. Like, I don't know. Right. And and then I'm like, I stop and I'm like, but Amanda, you've truly never felt more calm in your mind and good in your own body. So let's just work on why this is a problem. And hopefully I can like work through some of that and some of these feelings I have about weight and value as a woman and come out the other side, like better for it. That's the plan. Yeah. I love that. And I like what you just said about, it's not about me comparing myself to other people. It's about me comparing myself to previous versions of me. And again, we glorify that, right? So you'd look back at those times and be like, oh, that was so great. But as you said, you're like, actually, no, my husband was gone and I was like on my own. I had the jitters, like drinking too much coffee, like all the things. So yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. This pandemic has really, really transformed all of us in so many ways and in ways that I don't fully know that we have come to realize yet because we've been so excited to get back to real life, right? Like it has changed everything. I know for me, it changed my marriage and I'm one of the lucky ones for sure. I love hanging out with my husband. Like I like, buddy cracks me up. He can, he annoys me a lot, but he cracks me up. We have a lot of fun together. And we had so many nights just sitting in the living room. You know, we'd have a drink and just like talk about life and set plans and make goals and, or make goals, set plans, whatever, off, opposite to that. But we would just do all the things together. And I used to think there was really no wine and ca- no calories in wine. That was like the way I like wrapped my head around it. I'm like, but I think that's probably where the weight gain came to too, right? Like we had a lot of wine nights just like sitting around chatting like so many people did. And uh, I love how we've come out of this together. And I've realized a lot of things that are important to me and that I didn't realize were important to me, especially in the way we parent and the way we show up for our kids, like all the things. But I do think there's so much more we have to learn, but we have to stop. We can't just like rush to get back to real life and we need to like sit on these lessons for a little bit. Does that make sense? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, so Dean and I, we started some couples therapy a couple weeks ago. How was it? It was good, then shit, then good. Because I feel (laughs) nobody wants to talk about that. That you're like, I'm pardon? Like, I don't do anything wrong, you know? And you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. So you're like, we came here to talk about all the shit you're doing. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I am good. Yeah. No, thank you. So, but I I just I noticed that like it's so much of these like breaking the cycle, you know. Like I've been with Dean for 18 years and like there's fights that we've had that just keep repeating with different X, Y's and Z's, right? And it's like, it's just really enjoyable to look at it like a team effort. Like we want to make it through this, but we don't want to just coast to the to the to the finish line. You know, we want to thrive. We want to laugh and giggle like we used to. You know, we don't get date nights like traditional, you know. I think so many of our habits are just switched and and making life work for us and just not being so, what's the word? Like, I just feel that there's so much responsibility on each of us in different ways. And we're just constantly in that responsible, wearing the hat of like worker and cook person in the kitchen and going to pick up the kids. And there's all these things. And how do we break free from some of that and not speak to each other? Like I'm a captain of a ship, you know, how do I remember Dean? You know, what is it about him specifically that, you know, makes me laugh or, you know, lights me up and, and making time for that. Like 
talking about, you know, you can't do everything well because you can't do everything all the time. I feel like with this relationship stuff and marriage, it's like, I, this is a priority. So I need to work a little less and make time in my schedule for him. And you're saying like, you know, sitting around drinking wine and stuff. I mean, we do, we did the same thing. I was getting wine delivered to the house, you know, like, and now we play video games. Those are my favorite nights though. Like I love, and you know, part of me is like, oh shit, Jamie, you just told everyone you were thinking about wine at two o'clock in the afternoon or 11 o'clock. And now you're going to say that you love sitting around drinking wine with your husband. Maybe you have a problem. I'm not, I don't have a problem. I'm literally love sitting and having cocktails with my husband because we giggle and we laugh and we like stay up late and pretend that we're like, you know, young. And we, there's just something about those, those nights. Right. And yeah, as much as there's so many things about the pandemic that I'm like, I wish it wasn't like that. I love that experience. And if I gained a few LBs from it, I wouldn't take that back. You know? Exactly. And that, you know, and, and just like caveat about the drinking thing, like I appreciate you being honest about that because let me tell you, if you peeked through our recycling bin, like we've moved from, you know, the bottles to the boxes of wine. And that's even worse because you're like, that, that was way too quick to get through that entire box. And, and you know, it's just as reality, right? Like we're trying to all figure this out. But yeah, like the the extra weight, but being happier, like I'm here for it, you know? And maybe that's just aging. I don't know. It's like, who knows? There's so many little variables in there. But yeah, I'm not willing to feel bad in my body to fit some perfection idea that I have in my mind. It's like, Amanda, this is who you are. You're so much more than that reflection, right? And you probably looked at your body and criticized it back then too, you know? I did. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't have any stamina. I'm like, I could barely like chase my kids up the stairs without being winded, you know? And now I can do like Peloton rides and stuff. And it's like perspective. Okay. One last thing I want to talk about. It just popped into my head because we're talking about this wine thing. And actually, I think you and I once upon a time had a conversation about if the wine mom culture had gone too far. But there's like a huge trend now, people, they're not drinking, right? We're not drinking. It's just this big movement of of not doing that, probably because like marijuana has become um, legal, (laughs) but whatever, probably. And it's about the sober lifestyle and like, you know, how good they feel and all of those things. And I love it. I'm here for it if that's what you want to do. But do you feel like there's been like a shift online again, where it's like you actually can't even talk, talk about like having that glass of wine or like feeling like you're gonna get crucified for even saying that now? Like, do you feel that too? Or is it me being like extra sensitive? Because I do feel like if I have like a glass of wine in my stories or something, someone's like, oh, I'm here for all of your content, but like, I don't appreciate seeing the wine. Unfollow, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. Thanks for announcing your exit. I don't even know who you are, right? Like, (laughs) you're like, see ya. It's, I just find there's like this shift now where it's almost like you can't even talk about it, where it was all moms were talking about for a while. Like there's like a trend. Okay. I think that all of this is accurate. I don't even think I actually noticed it though. But now that you've pointed it out, I'm like, yeah, you don't really see people getting all tipsy and stuff like that. I mind you, I do follow some funny people who will take videos when they've had too much to drink and like answer questions and it cracks me up. But I don't read the comments. Maybe I need to follow new people. Could be. <laughs> oh yeah. If you read the comments, people are all over it, right? They're literally just like, well, that's not healthy. 
I, I had this post the one day, I was like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, if you're feeling this, do this, this, and this, and like, you know, pour yourself a glass of wine. And someone's like, oh, imagine how good you would feel if you didn't have the glass of wine. I'm like, shut up, right? I meditate. I take a walk around the block. I work out. I got the Peloton. I eat my greens, have great smoothies, and I like a freaking glass of wine. Like, shut up and unfollow me and get out of here. Like, <laughs> and ask yourself some questions about why you're so triggered by other people's actions, you know? Like, because I noticed I started getting super triggered by alcohol intake in my house and I didn't understand why. Like, so that was some stuff I had to break down to because I also enjoy drinking. But I think what the problem looking back is like, I felt like there was no beginning or end to when the weekend started or when it was like a Tuesday because I was just drinking not a lot, but like a glass of wine with dinner every night. And I was like, what day is it? You know, like, should I even be drinking wine tonight? So yeah. I, and I did the dry January, which I always regret doing because it's my dad's birthday at the end of the month. And I always want to have a glass of wine. And then it's like this shame thing. And my husband's like, nobody cares. Just have the wine, you know, like take another day off after that. But I think you've made, you know, that's, it's a valid point. Like we're very, perhaps it's this mirror that the pandemic is forcing us to look at and like all of our actions, but we can be very judgy about what other people do. But like I said, those comments, like I, maybe it's TikTok. Have you, have you broken the TikTok? I'm not going on TikTok. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing TikTok. You're not going on TikTok? <laughs> Fine. Boundaries. But I was going to say is TikTok makes me not look at comments. I'm not, I'm by no means anything special on TikTok. I'm trying to figure out my way, but I don't read the comments. They scare me. These people don't know me. And I'm like, I don't, we're not engaging. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do the TikTok. I'm struggling with even just like doing the reels on Instagram and stuff. Like I, there will be a time where either I have like a social media manager who just like does the whole thing or I'm just freaking done and out of here. Right. Like I, if when I'm done online, I'm out, like I will have a Pinterest board and I'll follow like five people on social media and I will like not be here. Cause I do feel like I'm getting, I don't know. I'm just, there's a lot. You, there's a, TikTok's a lot. Takes a lot to add another thing. And I get stuck in a rabbit hole of just scrolling and looking at things and looking at things. Yeah. Cause TikTok does that. I don't, they make me laugh sometimes. Although I'm like on ADHD TikTok. I don't know how I ended up there, but it's like, there's just like these little nooks, but I have to say, and you and I are going to do a little something on my podcast coming up soon. But I am really excited to talk about those boundaries that you've created because I think that there's so many ways to show up online and it doesn't have to look like everybody else's in order to be successful. And I've been watching you switch things up and it's like, look at her. I'm curious. Yeah. And it's like, I just think it's so important because I personally, in the last 10 years, I've had some amazing friends I've made online and then they just vanish and it makes me sad. And it's like, I get it sometimes things run its course and you're like wanting to do something new and it's like a support, right? But also you miss people because they really do become part of your life and you like don't even realize how much you're invested, right? Until they go away and you're like, what happened? So you know what? If you have to change things to make it work for your life, I say do it because we're not all meant to be these actors, these performers, right? We have different skill sets and 
not a bad thing to hit pause on some things. Yeah. As I say, like sometimes I want to live my life without recording my life, right? Like I just kind of want to like be here and share little bits of it, but I share a highlight reel. Like I literally now do share a highlight reel. If you read the captions, it's going to be, you know, raw and real. And I'm going to talk to you how it is. Like I'm really big on my email list now. So I share a lot more raw and real stuff, sending out a weekly email, but like just showing up on social media all the time, it just felt like a lot. And I think that we all need to kind of stop and ask ourselves these questions. Like, what do I need right now? Like, what do I need? Not what I think I should be doing. What, where do I feel the most resistance in my life where things aren't easy? And it's like, okay, obviously life isn't going to be easy, but if you're feeling resistance over and over and over again, there's, there's a message there. It's like something's got to shift. So that's what that was for me. Who knows? I could be like hanging out in my car talking all day again very soon. But right now, this is definitely what I need. And I'm pumped to dive into it on your podcast. It's going to be great. So let's press pause here and then like to be continued over there. I love that. This is so fun. Amanda, where can everyone find you? So best place is probably Instagram, which then leads you to all the other places, YouTube, TikTok, wherever. Where else am I doing? Podcasting, friendo. I'm all over the damn place. So you are all over the damn place and I will link all of the things. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, and if the podcast has been resonating with you, I would be forever grateful if you would head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to send it their way. Now, if you are craving more, head to my website, jamiescrimger.com. There are lots of blog posts and podcast episodes and resources available for you over there. And if you really want to dive in, I do take on a limited number of coaching clients every month. So you can book one call or work with me for three months. Either way, we will create an individualized plan for your unique stepfamily situation. Remember, sitting around biatching about how hard being a stepmom is won't make being a stepmom any easier. If you want change in your life, it has to start with you. Chat with you next week.